God, my life is yours. Whatever you want, wherever you lead, here I am, Lord. Send me. All right, we finish up our series today, uh, Dangerous Prayers. And uh, remember, what we've been doing in this series is really inviting each of you uh, to really get dangerous with your life uh, and especially with uh, the way you pray. And so we started out uh, saying, uh, start praying, search me, right? God, take a good look at my life. Uh, Don't hold back. Uh, Point out, show me those places uh, where I'm walking far from you, right? So go ahead, search my life. And then last week we talked about break me, right? Uh, hey, if you're going to search me, you're going to find some stuff. So, so break me, right? Do whatever you need to do in my life to bring me into that place of submission where I simply surrender uh, to your will and your desire for my life. And so today we kind of picked up, and the dangerous prayer is uh, send me, send me. I don't know if you've uh, thought about your prayer life in this three-week experience here, uh, but or if you've looked much at your at your prayer life. But you know, I kind of noticed that when when we when we pray, uh, so often when we pray, the focus of our prayers tends to be a little bit more on us than it is on God. Right? I don't know, is that true about your prayer life? Right? We pray things like, uh, uh, "God, you know, help me. God, empower me. Uh, Lord, uh, you know." Just, just be there for me. Lord, give me wisdom. Lord, give me understanding. And you notice there's two common denominators in those kinds of prayers, right? One, of course, is Lord, right? Lord, help me. Uh, Lord, you know, heal me. But the other common, common denominator is me, right? That, that our, our prayers tend to be uh, more about me and what God needs to do for me. What I want to encourage you today is to think about how dangerous it would be if you imitated Isaiah and you started praying more about what God can and desires to do with your life than about you, if you started praying more about what you can do for God rather than what God can do for you, flip it. Right? Rather than, hey, me, help me, help me, help me, do me, whatever it is, right? What about how dangerous it would be in your life if you just surrendered your life and started praying and saying, Lord, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do, Lord? However, wherever, whenever, send me. It's captured, we just prayed it, right? It's captured in the Lord's Prayer. I don't know how many of you have stopped, paused, noticed it, thought about it. But it's in that phrase where it says, Your kingdom come, your will be done. Or, you know, the good old English, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Right? What are we saying in that phrase? Hey, not, not mine. Not, not what I want, Lord. But everything you want. Your kingdom. Go ahead. Do it. Wherever, whenever, however, Lord, go ahead. How dangerous would it be if you started getting serious about that part of the prayer? How dangerous would it be for your status quo and for your life if you imitated Isaiah and you simply started praying, Lord, I'm all in. However, whenever, wherever, whatever you want, whatever you want, send me. 
Give me the ball. I'm all in. Send me. Now, when we think about God's call on our life, right? So if you're already a Christ follower, you know that, that that's what happens, right? When you give your life to Christ, he, he puts his hand on us and he puts his call into our life. Uh, but when you think about and you search scripture around this thing of call, you, you see at least three different responses uh, that God's people have given when, when the call comes. Now, ultimately, they, they relent and they get in line and they go wherever, however, whatever he wants, right? But initially, at least, we can see three different responses uh, to God's call. The first one is Jonah, right? God puts uh, the call on Jonah. It says the Lord gave this message to Jonah. Get up. Get up, Jonah. Go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I've seen how wicked its people are. But notice what it says. But Jonah got up and went where? (laughs) What's Jonah's answer to God's call? Ah, no. (laughs) No, not happening. You know, God comes along and says, Jonah, listen, I got a great call on you. I got a great mission for you. Your life is going to be able to change the eternity of people. But I want you to go to Nineveh. I want you to preach there. I want you to get them right with me. You're going to change their future. And Jonah says, no, (laughs) no. Now we kind of take Jonah in and we say, oh, hey, that's a story about Jonah, the whale, all that stuff, right? But here's the problem. How often, how often in our own lives do we do the very same thing? I mean, get, get honest. Search me, break me. God comes along and says, listen, you need to forgive that person. You need to forgive them. And we say... <laughs> Not happening. I'm going revenge. God comes along and says, Listen, this is your brother or sister in Christ. I know you got differences, but you just need to you need to work them out because you're going to spend eternity together. This is your brother and sister in Christ, so just get right. And we say, Nah. Or, or, you know, simply God says, listen, I want you to live a radically generous life. So bring your tithe, 10%. Bring it to the storehouse of the Lord. And we say, nah. See, how do we respond to God's call? Dangerous or no? Or you may have the Moses response. The Moses response to God's call, right? So God comes to Moses. Pretty miraculous. He comes to Moses in a burning bush experience. Kind of an impressive way, uh, right, to hear the call. But God uses a bush. He comes to Moses. He says, Moses, you're the man. You're the one I've chosen. I'm going to send you down to the Pharaoh. You're going to lead my people out of Egypt. And notice how Moses responds. Moses protested to God. He said what? Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? Translation, Lord, I I just don't think I got time. I just just think I'm up for this thing. Can you just send somebody else? Lord, I, I, I can't talk that well in front of people, so, you know, I'm sure, I'm positive, there's somebody else that's going to be able to do this job and this task a whole lot better than me. So, Lord, could you just kind of move your gaze and choose somebody else? 
And we do that too. If I can talk to the covenant members and the regular attenders in the house this morning. Uh, so visitors, you can turn me off. I'll bring you back in a minute. But if I can talk to the folks that are hanging around Christ Church, you know, we're worshiping about 600 plus people uh, every Sunday, right? It's awesome. It's incredible. But it absolutely amazes me that we still have trouble getting people to stand out in the atrium with a smile on their face and welcome people to come in the door. Or, or we have trouble getting people to come up and, and help distribute communion on Sunday morning. Or we have trouble getting people who are willing to just make some coffee on Sunday morning. Got to be honest. This amazes me. Why? Well, the incredible opportunity each one of those are. What, when you stand at the door and you get that smile on your face and you welcome people in, I mean, you, you know, right? You're welcoming, welcoming them into the opportunity to meet Jesus in this place. That's awesome, <laughs> right? You, you, you stand up here, you distribute communion. What, what are you doing? You're giving people the bread of life and the cup of forgiveness. That is awesome. Coffee, just making coffee, providing the opportunity for somebody to hang around a little bit longer, right, after worship, hang around a little bit longer, get here a little bit earlier, uh, and, and just sit and have a cup of coffee, that in, in that simple experience of a cup of coffee is the opportunity that they may hear for the first time for a long time in their life that they are actually loved and welcome here. But how easy... Is it for be Mo- to be Moses and just say, uh, somebody else? The challenge for us this morning is Isaiah. Isaiah responds. Now, Jonah finally gets it and falls in line. Moses finally gets it and falls in line. But Isaiah, Isaiah gets it from word one. God comes to him and God puts a call in his life. It says, then I heard the Lord asking, whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? Isaiah says what? I said, say it with me. Here I am. Send me. Wah. Send me. Give me the ball, Lord. Put me in that position. Wherever, whenever, however, I'm up for it. Send me. Send me. Now, I want you to notice that when when Isaiah responds, notice he doesn't know what he's getting into. He has no idea what the Lord's going to ask him to ultimately accomplish. He, He gets a little glimmer. He knows he's supposed to be a messenger, but that's the most he knows. He doesn't know the full story. He doesn't know the full outcome. He doesn't know what he's going to have to go through. He has no idea of what ultimately is in store for him. And nevertheless, he steps up and just says, Lord, I'm in. Send me. I am ready to be dangerous. Send me, Lord. Give me the ball. I'm in. So how? What would move somebody like Isaiah? What could move each one of us to be able to imitate Isaiah and become dangerous people and pray this dangerous prayer that says, Lord, send me. Send me wherever you want, however you want, whenever you want. Lord, send me. Here's what happens for Isaiah. First of all, the call on Isaiah's life 
comes in the experience of his every day. And it's a difficult experience. It's a a, a concerning experience that he's going through. It's captured in the first line of the call that God puts on his life. We get right away in Isaiah 6, in the first verse, we get the kind of the context of what's going on in Isaiah's life. It's a simple statement. It says, it was in the year King Uzziah died. Now, you, you may not know how radical that is, but that is upsetting news. That is really upsetting news because King Uzziah, King Uzziah was one of the good kings. He had a little trouble at the end, got a little uppity with God at the end, but it cost him. But, but for the most part, King Uzziah was a good king. He came to the throne when he was a teenager, probably somewhere around, you know, 16 years old or less, right? And he reigned for like 52 years. So there's been growth, stability, everything good in the nation of Israel. And what happened? King Uzziah died. What's going on in Isaiah's life? What's going on within the kingdom of Israel? Oh my gosh, King Uzziah died. What is the future going to hold? Who's going to sit upon the throne? What are we going to do? How is the outcome going to happen? Is everything going to fall apart? Are we going to fall like the kingdom of the north? Oh my gosh, how are we going to see a future? How do we get to the next tomorrow? I don't know where we're going. This whole thing could crumble. It's in the middle of the everyday. In the middle of the everyday, God comes to Isaiah and just puts a call on his life. And he answers the call. In the middle of all the confusion, in the middle of all the stress, in the middle of all the worry, in the middle of all the anxiety, how could he do it? It says, it was the year King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. What happened? Isaiah could get dangerous because he saw the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords on the throne. The earthly throne may be in flux. The earthly throne, yeah, may be changing. Life may be getting upsetting. Life may be in turmoil. Life may be going in this direction or that direction. But guess what? If you belong to Christ, the King of Kings... And the Lord of Lord is on the throne. And he's got it covered. His whole robe fills the temple. He's got it covered. Isaiah could respond and just surrender and say, Yeah, I'm going to live a dangerous life for the cause. I'm going to live a dangerous life for God. Because he knew, saw, understood, Listen, God is still on the throne. God is still on the throne. If you've given your life to Christ already, if you've surrendered your life to Christ already, He's got you covered. Your your eternity is secure. Your your forgiveness, Jesus already won that for you. Your, Your new life, your future, your purpose, the impact that you can make in life, it's all there for you. He's still on the throne. He still has it covered. God is still in charge. 
We can get absolutely dangerous because God is still sitting on the throne. And we can answer the call. We can say, Lord, wherever you want, whenever you want, however you want, give me the ball, send me. Why? Because he's still in charge. And he will always do what is right. He will always do what is good. He will always do what prospers his people. He will always act in a way that extends the cause of the kingdom of heaven. We have absolutely nothing to worry about. And we may hear that like Isaiah did and say, oh, I, well, yeah, but man, I look at my life and I just don't know if I got what it takes, right? But the problem is, it's not about who you are, it's about who he is. How many like caller ID? How many get caller ID on your phone? I mean, we're all cell phone now, right? So if it's contact, it comes up. We love caller ID, right? Why do we love caller ID? Because we know who's calling, Right? We know who's calling. And because we know who's calling, we can choose to answer it or not answer it. Right? We know who's calling. So and so marketing. Yeah, not answering that one. Isaiah is showing us listen. You, you may not feel adequate. You, you may know stuff about your past. You may know about your faults and your failures and all that stuff of the past. But, but li- listen, look who's calling. The one that's calling is the one that got radically dangerous and came into this world in the person of Jesus Christ, his son. And this radically dangerous Jesus was willing to answer the call. Whatever it took, wherever it took, however it took, he was ready to go to the cross. He was ready to get nails pounded in, blood spilled. He was ready to wear the crown of thorns. He was ready to do whatever, wherever, however, for the cause of your new life in Christ. It's not about you. It's all about who he is and about what he's already accomplished for you. You don't have to do anything But just surrender. Here I am. Send me. It's not about me. My life isn't my own. It's absolutely His. Wherever, however, whenever you want, Lord, give me the ball. Send me. Isaiah. Isaiah was confronted not simply with his brokenness, but he was confronted with the promise that God could make, would make over his life. Look what he says. In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. He was sitting on that lofty throne, his train, his robe. It filled the whole temple. And attending him were mighty seraphim. I mean, this guy gets a bonus, right? Mighty seraphim, each having six wings, two wings covered their faces, two wings covered their feet. They flew around with two other wings. And they were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Where? The whole earth, your every day, is filled with the possibility of living to his glory. We get that. We get that challenge uh, with Isaiah. We, we get that gift with Isaiah that two of the seraphim, uh, one of the seraphim go over and they get a burning coal and they bring it and they touch his lips 
And he says, see, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and what your sins are. He's not the same. You may not feel adequate. You may not feel up to it. You may not think somehow you're good enough. But that doesn't matter. It's not about you. It's about who he is. In your life, if you follow Christ, your life is his. So here I am, Lord. Send me. And Peter gives us the challenge that that we would just live that life, that we would just see who's calling, know who's calling, trust who's calling, and we would step into that dangerous life. He says, but now you must, you must be holy in everything you do, just as God chose you uh, is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because what? I am holy. Now we get to step into a whole new life. A life under his call. A life according to his purpose. Not about us. All about him. So we get to be dangerous. We get to pray dangerous. Isaiah, Isaiah heard the Lord asking, Whom shall I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? And Isaiah said, Here am I. Send me. Now, he's not the only one to ever do this. He, he's not the only one that, that had the call of God put on his life and responded saying, Lord, it's not about me. It is all about you. I know you're on the throne. I know you got it covered. I'll go wherever you, do, where you want me to go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll do it whenever you want me to do it. I am all in, sold out for you. He's not the only one. You have the experience of this young girl in Nazareth that an angel came to and changed her life because God put a call on her life. And to this day, we call her blessed among women. God elevated her. Blessed among women is Mary. And Mary responds to the call and says, I am the Lord's servant. It's not my life, his life. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. What did she just say? Lord, here I am. Send Send me. I'm in. Whatever you need. I'm in. I mean, she, she didn't, she, she had to know it was going to be embarrassing. She had no idea how Joseph would respond to this circumstance and this change. She had no idea what this meant to her future. And yet she would say, What? Lord, here I am. I'm your maidservant. Send me. Or you get this guy, the Apostle Paul, right? Paul. Paul's out there persecuting the church, and he's on the road to Damascus. And Jesus shows up in person, and he sees Jesus face to face. And Jesus says, Paul, what are you doing? I'm Jesus. Why are you persecuting me? Right? And then he says, now get up and go into the city, and you'll be told what you must do. Paul gets blinded by this presence of Jesus, and Jesus simply tells him, look, get up, go into the city, and you're going to be told what you must do. What did Paul do? Did he get up and go back to Jerusalem and go back where it was safe and say, whoa, that was, that was weird. I'm done with this. No. He got up and he said, what? Here I am, Lord. Send me. He went into the town. He had no idea what he was getting into. Jesus didn't lay it out for him. He didn't say, now listen, Paul, before you, before you sign up for this, before you get into town, you need to know you're going to do a little jail time. You're, you're going to do some shipwrecks along the way. Uh, oh, by the way, you'll be beaten to a pulp several times. But hey, uh. what did Paul do? He went into town. Here I am, Lord. 
send me. He got dangerous. His life was not his own. Wherever, whenever, however, I'm in. Whenever, wherever, however, I'm in. And so we get Paul, that same Paul, telling us what our lives are like when we're sold out on Christ. Paul says, but thank God, he has made us his captives. Notice the word. He's made us his captives and continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphant procession. Now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. Our lives are Christ-like fragrance rising up to God. Now, I want to give you an image of that. You know, Pastor Andrew, he gets to break things. I don't get to break things and do fun, cool things. So this is the best I got, people. Okay, here you go. Right there. What, what, what? This is uh, fresh berries. Fresh berries, right? But, okay, fragrance. What, what, is, what is Paul telling you? When you go into a room, what are people supposed to smell? Not fresh berries. What are they supposed to smell? Christ, Jesus, forgiveness, love, hope. When you go into a room, Scripture says, when you're sold out, when you're answering the call, when you go in a room, that's what you are. You are the aroma and the fragrance of the kingdom of heaven. You are the possibility of new life for those people. For us, it's answering the call. It's getting dangerous. It's saying, Lord, I'm in. I'm all in. Whenever, however, wherever you want, I'm in. Give me the ball. Send me. So this morning, we want to give you, just like we have every single week, the opportunity uh, to think about that uh, and to start answering the question, what does it mean for you then to be one who's been searched, one who's been broken, and today, one, one who's receiving a call? What is he calling you to? If, if you just get dangerous and you just answer the call and say your life's not your own anymore, it's his. What, what is he calling you to? Notice Isaiah started out saying, Then I heard the Lord asking. I heard the Lord asking. Wow. What's he asking? What is he asking? So we're going to take some time now. And, of course, at the end, uh, you folks over here on that end, there should be a basket underneath the, the chair. And you folks along this aisle, there should be a basket. And if you're in the middle, go search it out, find it. That's okay. We don't mind a little movement. And you folks over here, there should be a basket right on that aisle there. Just uh, grab that basket in. There's pencils. There's slips of papers. Uh, we're just going to take a minute and invite you to think about, write out, write, write out those answers. You'll throw them in the offering uh, this morning when we're done. We've been doing it every week. That's, that's all the answers that we've gotten so far this week over on the wall, kind of that big flame. And we've been praying over those every week. We've been reading those. And uh, because we've been praying about them and reading them, I, I want to make one invitation because there's a lot of good stuff, but there's also some real hurting stuff up on that wall. And so if you're a person that's responded and, and, and you just got some stuff going on that's difficult, hurting, uh, man, I want to encourage you that God is asking you today uh, to just not ignore that, but to, to, to go get in a small group. Better yet, come to celebrate recovery. Just, just come to celebrate recovery and let some other Christ followers get around you and support you and help you uh, through the difficulty and crisis uh, that, that you're going through. God loves you. He has a future for you. 
and uh, he has Christ Church here uh, for you. So let's pause now and let's just uh, take some time to answer the call.